Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the My Vietnam Podcast. I'm your host, Ringo Lay. My co-host, Marissa Lay, is here as well. Hello, Marissa. Hello, Ringo, and hello, everyone listening. Well, we have a special announcement and a sad announcement to tell you. What is the special announcement, Marissa? Well, we're making a movie! Yay! Yay! It's called My Vietnam. And the sad news I have to tell you is our podcast is coming to an end. This will be our last podcast. No, that's such sad news. I'm so sad to hear that our podcast is ending. Because, you know, you're the producer, Marissa, and did you know that this month is actually the two-year anniversary of when we started this podcast? It started at the reading of the My Vietnam script at the Celebration Theater in Hollywood. Do you remember that, Marissa? Wow, yes, I do. Of course I do. That was such an amazing, magical experience. And now... The film is happening. Well, you know what? We're not ending the podcast. We are actually transitioning. We're moving formats from this podcast space onto YouTube. So we hope you'll join us there. All right. Now let's get on to today's episode. We talk with the talented actor Ken Takamoto. Ken is a very special friend of mine who I've known for a very long time, and he is a lovely actor who has worked on such shows as The Island with Ewan McGregor and on Transformers with Shia LaBeouf. He also shares with us tips on making it as an actor in Hollywood. Did you know that Ken started out as a set dresser and a prop man at east west players marissa wow that's so amazing and i recently saw ken on marvel's captain america on disney plus oh yes he was in that too he was so great well let's listen to the interview hello ken welcome to the podcast hey ringo thank (laughs) you for inviting me Yes, um, today I wanted to invite you to the My Vietnam podcast because you have been such a gracious and special friend to me, um, so dear to my heart because we've worked together on a project called Big Gay Love. Oh yeah, well so much fun. Yeah, and um, so today I wanted to invite you onto the show to do a, um, a master class on acting. <laughs> I don't think I'm the right person to ask because I started very late. You know, I taught school for 35 years with LA Unified. And I, because I was interested in theater, and I taught at a visual performing arts magnet. So um, I, you know, transitioned to acting through East West, where I was their property master for since 19. 89 till maybe 
a few years ago when Tim Dang left, I left also. But that was my major contribution as a prop master. And I was very lucky that Tim asked me, besides prop being a prop master, he I was uh, asked to be in a, you know, I could audition for plays also. So the first play I auditioned for was uh, was a Ed Sakamoto play, Taste of Kona Coffee. And because it was, place, the play took place in Hawaii, it was something I thought I could do because I could speak pigeon and so forth. So I auditioned and I got, a, uh, I was a, what do you call, not the lead. Uh, Featured? The sec, the person who replaces. What do you call it? Understudy. I was the understudy, right. And in those days, Old East West um, guaranteed you performances. So that was very exciting. So um, I did get to go on and it was very exciting. And I just enjoyed it so much. And uh, from then I thought, well, maybe I should pursue this, you know. So that's basically how it got started. And uh, very fortunately, again, when I started getting, applied for getting an agent, I had an agent where she got me booked through an audition, of course, on uh, a film in Orlando, Florida. So I was flown to Orlando and I did this film, which I can't Take the name of it's gone through several <laughs> names, but it was a feature film, and uh, because I was used to doing stage plays, when the director came to my uh, dressing room to rehearse, he he said, "You can stop yelling. You can just talk in a natural voice." I said, "Oh, I guess you know." I was so used to being on stage that I thought you had to do this because I was see, I had no training in acting except this workshop that I took at East West during the summer before mm -hmm. I even got to be a property master. So that's the only acting training. So I had no clue about <laughs> certain, uh, the vocabulary, you know, where they would tell you things. So anyway, that's how I got started. Because um, I was in the conservatory too. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was in 2004. Oh, okay. And I don't remember my peers either, but... Um, I do remember my teachers. I remember uh, my voice teacher was Leslie Ishii, who's also a fabulous actress. Right. And um, my favorite acting, um, my favorite acting teacher was Heidi Helen Davis. Oh, she's great! I've yes, taken classes I from her. her so she is much. so good. Yeah. And she is just the embodiment of. And I thought she was white. I didn't know she was Hapa, you know, like yeah. going in. <laughs> right, exactly. And you don't know. You don't know. And then she said, you remind me of my uncle. And then I said, what? Your uncle? <laughs> How can that be? And then she said, yeah, I'm, I'm Hapa. But she was just so fabulous. And she um, took me out of my own head. And that's how I understood what it is to be an actor. Because most directors don't know how to... Yeah, tell actors what to do, and I needed to be in that conservatory to, to better understand actors, you know, and and she let me audit classes um, when okay. I didn't have money. She would let me audit classes, not just at East West. Well, I shouldn't say this on the camera. I mean the mic, but also at the uh, L.A. Film School. Right, I would just come taught. in and yes. yeah, 
I would just come in and sit and just listen to to how yeah. she would tell she, the. She was wonderful. Yeah, I've taken classes from her at East West. Yeah, yes. and when she passed, I was just oh my oh, god, right. beside myself. Right. Yeah, that's really was sad. Yeah, I had Glenn Chin as a musical theater. He passed away also, but oh. he was he did a lot of work at East West and. Uh, and let's see who... Well, Novo McCarthy was in charge at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, it was a transition period for East-West. I had no clue what was going on in the back room, you know. Mm -hmm. But I guess there must have been a few problems or whatever. But anyway, yeah. But she was great. And, uh, oh, I have to remember something about Novo McCarthy. When I was doing prop... Also, that's another thing. I had no training... As a prop master, I didn't know what they did or what the rules were or whatever. They just, as soon as I finished the workshop, they asked me, the director asked me if I would prop the music musical company. Oh. And, you know, I had no clue. So I said, <laughs> I was so excited to be even asked. So I did it. And till this day, you know, I have propped over 60 shows at East West. Wow. Till this day, that was the most difficult show that I have ever worked oh on. Oh, my God. I love Company. That's my favorite Sondheim. How I, did you pull through it? <laughs> I was running backstage from left stage left to stage right. <laughs> and in the back watching, uh, you know... The ladies who lunch, they've mm -hmm. all those wine. I'm mm -hmm. back there watching glasses and pouring wine. And, <laughs> and just running back and forth. And the thing is, I did not know as a prop master that you get the prop, you know, you make the decision about the prop. And then after opening night, you leave. Mm. I didn't know that. Oh, so I worked every show. I was the person running the props. And then I didn't know that I could just leave, you know. So And they never told me. So all the shows I've been doing at East West until recently at the new one, I was there working the props as well as getting the props. Wow, every show. Every show. Wow. There was a show called Fish Head Soup mm -hmm. uh, with Saab Shimono in it. And I would go to Glendale. There's a the fish market in Glendale. I would go there and buy fish head, salmon fish head, every other day or so, come back and make soup with garlic and ginger and <laughs> to make it flavorful. And I would be cooking the soup and serving it, doing it every show. Oh, my goodness. You know, I didn't know. I that is dedication. Right. You're so dedicated. <laughs> well, maybe it's ignorance. <laughs> I don't know what it's dedication, but, but, you know, I had so much, I enjoyed it so much, yeah. And uh, I have to, you know, credit East-West for, you know, teaching me so much, and I've made so many wonderful friends, you know. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. It looks like you had a fabulous transition from teaching to um, being a prop master and then acting. Right. And, and then when you transitioned over into acting, when was that first big break, that first Hollywood production that called you, and you walked onto set, do you remember it? And thinking, wow, I'm in a Hollywood production. Did you ever think like that would happen? Uh, 
No, so it was that film I did in Orlando because it was a full-length feature film. So I was, you know, I was in shock and excited and very concerned because I had no training, you know. But it was my first real experience and it was, you know, kind of exciting and scary at the boat, boat you know, at the same time because, because I had no training. That's what... Mm-hmm. You know, but you went through the conservatory. Yeah, <laughs> it's a summer, and you know, but it's a master class in acting, right? It's amazing that you have all these fond memories of of being a prop master. Do you have as many fond memories of your acting on all these big illustrious sets that you've talked about? Like, um, who are your favorite directors that you've worked with? Um, unfortunately, I. At this point in my life, I cannot remember names. <laughs> but you worked with Michael Bay, right, on Transformers? Right. You know, he was... Several times. Can you tell us about that? Like, on the island, I had a scene where, with Ewan McGregor, I had to say something to him to her, like, her, we're in a cafeteria line, and I had to say something, and Michael Bay said, just think of something yourself, what, what you would say, you know. So, I said a few things, some of them were too... At the time, were too vulgar for the film, so I could use that. But you know, I figured something out, and he was satisfied and very nice. And also in the Transformers again, he was very easy to work with, and very, you know, I liked working with him. And uh, so that was my experience. It's probably because it was one scene or something. I don't know. And also, Shy was, again, he has a bad reputation also, right? <laughs> yeah. But he was so nice to me. We did the scene and we took a break. And he asked me if I wanted a drink, you know. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, yeah, sure. He asked, And I, he said, what would you like? I said, a Diet Coke. And I thought he was going to send one of the PAs to get it. But he went, he left. I don't know whether he got it, but he brought it back to me. So I was really... Impressed by the fact that he would do that for me, you know, one scene with him. So that's my experience with him. And even Stevens, we didn't have too much, uh, what do you call interaction. Yeah. Then I heard he was a brat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should say this on the... (laughs) Cut it it out. (laughs) But that's my experience, yeah. And the... Director on the Marvel Winter Soldier, she was very nice and very easy to work with. You know, that was your latest project, right? Right, um, which is Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right, and how how did you find yourself on that set? And I auditioned. I auditioned for it. Yeah, and uh, what I was, was your experience like? Well, they had. Some of the NDAs, that thing was such a big NDA thing. First of all, the only Marvel people I know is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Because when I was a kid, <laughs> that's all we had, mm-hmm. you know. And then, I mean, what I read was Sluggo, Archie, and those characters more than these characters. So I had no clue. I never watched any of the Marvel's movies except maybe Batman films. Mm-hmm. So that's all I knew about. Well, is Batman Marvel? No. Batman is DC. See, see, I don't even know the difference. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I was very ignorant of these characters. I never watched anything. So I really had no clue mm-hmm. that 
you know, this was a big, big thing. So I just was very excited to get the job. I was so excited to fly out of town. That's my favorite thing about acting, if you can get flown someplace else and work, you know. Where did they fly you? Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything was everything was NDA. You know, they would give you a script, and if there were changes, they'd come back. I said, thank you. They said, no, I need this other script back, and stuff like that. So I didn't tell anybody, so nobody knew what I was doing. So I had no clue about this character. I didn't know who Sebastian Sam was. I didn't <laughs> even know his name at the time on set. I just remember them calling him Bucky, so I would call him Bucky off set because I didn't know. I said, I said, I've never seen this guy on it. I didn't know who he was. So he was also nice to work with. So we just did. It was a great experience. You know, they were very nice, and uh, it was great. You know, I've never had a bad experience on set, to be honest. Wow. Well, it's probably because I've done very small projects, you yeah. know. Yeah. And even in commercials, I've never had any bad experiences. How long were you on set? Um, a week. For, for I was at Atlanta. A week. week. Uh-huh. But I only worked one day. Mm-hmm. We did all those scenes in one day. What? Really? Wow. Yeah. The restaurant scene and the one at your house? Yeah. Wow. We did, he came to my house. We did, we did it three times where he came to my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, then the last scene where he comes and tells me, which was the most difficult scene for me because I actually have a breakdown, but they never they cut it where he just told me and he left. Yeah, mm. yeah, I had a breakdown. But and uh, did they film that? Yeah, they did film it. Oh, yeah. Wow. We took several takes and. For me, it was so difficult because you know I had to get really emotional and cry. So even I talk about it, I can feel myself tearing up. Um, it's still in there, you know. So uh, she told me to save it. You know, I was ready to let it out because it was just getting there, you know. And so she told me to save it. So, but until I got to the altar, then I would just break loose or whatever. So it never, um, so it was really difficult for me to do that, yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, they were so nice. And the restaurant scene was, took quite a while to do because we had so many extras in the restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'd be talking or somebody would be looking at the cameras and what they do it so many times. So, you know, I tried my best not to eat the prop food. <laughs> <laughs> Was it real sushi? Yeah, it was real, oh, real? sushi. Yeah. Wow. So I kind of break, broke down and just couldn't resist, so I had to start eating every so often. <laughs> and to make it look real, you know, we can't just sit there and look at food all the time. But yeah. anyway, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, I'm so thrilled to have done that. Then when I came back, so I, I took a couple of photos with Sebastian, you know, I came back and I then I could talk about it. Not much yet, because it hasn't come out. Did you get his contact? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I did tell him. I mean, because I didn't know who you were. I said, hey, when you come to LA, give me a call. <laughs> I said, we can have coffee or do something. You're not knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, I came back. I said, hey, do you know, have you seen this guy? What has he done before? I said, he was the guy I worked with. They looked at it and they go, oh my God, you don't know who that is? I said, no. He's yeah. the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> who is the Winter Soldier? You know? But anyway, so yeah. that was fun. Yeah. What projects are you working on next? Can you share? I, after that came out, my agent got a call from a guy who's writing a film. It takes place in Hawaii, and uh, he hopes to get the funding by November. And he asked me, there are two main roles. He asked me to pick whatever I want from oh. the two main roles. Yeah. Wow. It's in a rest home, senior mm. rest home in Hawaii, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. It's it's that. it's a funny film, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I'm hoping he gets the funding. You know, it's such a hard thing. So I thought maybe I'd do a GoFundMe myself to help him out Yeah. after I talk to him. Yeah. You should. You should. That would be great. But, I would yeah, love to see you in a lead. That's something. Actually, I've wanted to write you for a lead for that martial arts project that we talked about. Uh-huh. Because we talked about how much I love Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid series growing right. up. And and this wouldn't be that. This would be like a modern day take on on being a minority kid and seeing like your, your community rise up to the occasion. Because now we're in a time of, you know, this pandemic with coronavirus and there's so much Asian hate. Right, right. And, like, I think Asian Americans and Blacks and Latinos, we need to see our heroes, you know, on screen. And I think it's important. So, yeah. So one of my dream projects is to write a martial arts project for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't wait too long because, you know, <laughs> I'm 86 years old. <laughs> Fingers crossed we won't wait long. After my next film, I think that's that's the next project I want to work well, on. Well, thank you for thinking of me anyway. So Yeah, but, um, I always think of you, Ken. <laughs> so my last question to you is what advice do you have for emerging and aspiring Asian American actors? Well, I've been noticing that there has been more Asian or people of color in commercials, which mm -hmm. is wonderful. And Hapa, and they're, a lot of times they're paired with an Asian with a black and so forth. I think it's just wonderful kind of what's going on, you know, happening slowly. In commercials and uh, all I can say is for me I thinking this this just happened you know I don't know not spontaneously but it wasn't my uh, my what do you call my dream or anything to be, do be where I am as an actor to me which isn't any place special, you know. I feel very lucky that I've done what I've done, but like I have a lot of young younger actor friends. They're maybe in their forties now, and they've been at it since they were twenty something. Mm -hmm. And because of the climate of, you know, what uh, Hollywood was, they never ever got a chance to be. Oh. They did. You know, little things on TV and stuff, but they really never got a you know meaty role. Yeah. yeah. So, 
They've been so disappointed and because they have friends who they were classmates and they did not pursue acting. But now because it's been like 15, 20 years, they got married, have a good job, have a home, have children where some of these guys are still single because they've been just pursuing it and pursuing it and have very little money, you know. So I keep encouraging them. I tell them, I think now that you're older, there are probably better roles for you now mm -hmm. as you're older because I do notice that there are older men who, you know, are non-Asian also. So mm -hmm. I said... Well, take me for instance, you know, I said, I think you'll, your chances will be better now. So don't give up. You've gone this far. You sacrificed so much, you know. Yeah. And also, I think for the older actors, too, um, they should still hang in there, you know, because I never expected this, but I just hung in there and it slowly happened to me. Maybe I was very lucky, but I think the time will come where they will use actors who are in their 60s, 50s, 60s, you know. Mm -hmm. Look at um, James Hong, how long he's been in there. He's Right, James right? Hong has yeah. done hundreds well, of films, right? And basically, there wasn't too much resources as to find an older Asian actor in those days because, you know, in the Asian culture, like, I would never have done this mm -hmm. if my parents were alive. I don't know. Right. Because I keep hearing my father, you know, I went into teaching because I keep hearing my father get a stable job with benefits and, you know, buy a house that is fee simple, not least. I hear all these things just coming to me, even now, years after he passed away, all this, you know, yeah. his philosophy about life and, well, survival, mm -hmm. because they grew up, yeah. you know, in this country where it wasn't. Easy in a to different time. Yeah, so. But I think if you love acting, you should just hang in there because it'll happen. It will happen. It will happen if we keep pushing the way we are now. You know, mm -hmm. don't stop. Yeah. Wow, that's a great note to end this podcast. I thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ken. And well, thank you for asking. I hope I didn't. Like give any secrets or put names out there that shouldn't be out there. <laughs> no, I, I think it's informative that you share your acting career with, with um, you know, the younger generation and and the aspiring people because you know when you're on the outside looking in, you're always thinking, oh, it's so different. But most of the times, you just have to be it, embody it, and do it. You know, and not overthink it. And I think too many people overthink it. I, I think so, done. too. That's, I think so, too. Especially the younger people, they might be overthinking it. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Ken. Thank you so much for asking. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. <laughs> and that's our last podcast, and it is our podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Before we leave, I want to share with you that I will miss everyone, but we hope to see you in person real soon. Perhaps at one of our film screenings. Can't wait. Yes, yay. And I hope that you will tune in for our very first YouTube show that we are filming actually next week. 
So thank you for listening. I'm Ringo Lay, and I'm Marissa Lay. As we always say, bye bye from Hollywood.